WFAE's David Borex has the story. Tariq Bakari and Larkin Eggleston call their podcast R&D in the QC. Eggleston says they hope to reach people who may not pay attention to the council. Eggleston is 35 and a Democrat. Bakari is a 37-year-old Republican. Despite their political differences, they bonded on the campaign trail in part over their beards, says Bakari. The beards themselves are what truly united us in the beginning. They hope to be an example of how to debate productively across the political divide. Episode 48. We interview Mayor Michael Bloomberg and the new sheriff of Mecklenburg County, Gary McFadden. That's right, folks. Episode 48, R&D in the QC, is back for the first time in 2019. We're coming up on the half-century mark, Tark. I mean, we've we've really done a lot of these things. Now, wait, does that count the one-minute uh, outtake? That's, it does that's not. That's not an episode. That's just a little... Uh, a little Small holiday. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. We we kind of snuck that one in during the the uh, so if you don't get holiday seat period, you don't get the notifications uh, pushed to you when we put something out there. Go back and look. Go back and look. There's check it out. There's a little something under your tree from a year ago, almost to the day when we sent it out, and we had just gotten to know each other. You were telling me about how you celebrate. The holidays. We'll leave it at that. So we've got uh we've got we're starting twenty nineteen off with the bang here. We've got two big newsmakers in the news to kick off the year. Two big newsmakers in the news. Well, it's better making than news, making news, news in the news. So what are those newsmakers talking about, Larkin? Well, and so who our, are they? Our last city council meeting was on December seventeenth, uh, with the holidays. We had two weeks mm-hmm. off. We'll have another meeting on Monday, January seventh, so there'll be an episode after that. Uh, but as we sit here today on Wednesday, January 2nd, mm. um, we've had two weeks. Uh, a lot of us have been off and spending time with our families. But right before we went away to celebrate one part of the holidays, which mm. is Christmas, mm-hmm. um, on Wednesday, December 19th, we got to join Mayor Michael Bloomberg, also potential candidate for United States president, uh, as he made an announcement outside the uptown campus of UNC Charlotte that Charlotte had been selected as part of his American Cities Climate Challenge. We're one of 20 cities in the country that have been selected. We're going to receive help uh, from his organization to advance some of our environmental goals. He was here and was kind enough to grant us an interview on R&D in the QC as we walked from the 7th Street Market where he'd been meeting with Mayor Lyles over to the UNC Charlotte campus where we made the big announcement um, I wouldn't call it like uh, we scheduled this ahead. This was one of our no, uh, I went up and said, our great examples hey, my, of my friend and I host a podcast and we'd love to have you on it. And he, but he kind of, uh, you're, okay, you're sk- you're skipping like the first five to ten minutes where we sketchily sat and uh, and and Serpent strategized, like yeah, with uh, with his Secret Service detail staring at us, kind of funny, so, so as not to get tased. <laughs> so there's that. Okay, uh, and then this morning, you and I and others were down in the government center chamber to witness the swearing-in of Spencer Merriweather as district attorney. As most folks know, he's been serving for around 13 months uh, to finish out the term of Andrew Murray, but he was sworn in for his own full term, four-year term today, uh, after having been elected in November. And so when we were there, there were several other elected officials, and one of whom we had talked about getting on the show sometime soon. We took the opportunity today and grabbed Sheriff Gary McFadden 
brought him up here to the studio and got in a good discussion with him around his vision for his department over the four years of his term that he's just started in December. Yeah, that was a good conversation. Longtime listeners, as you called out during that uh, segment, will remember we had the previous sheriff on uh, during his uh, campaign season. Um, but, you know, I, I think uh, he's clearly this was the first time I've really had a long, prolonged conversation with him. Clearly um, an exciting guy, uh, clearly someone who's got some big ideas. Uh, some things really resonated with me. Some things like 287G, which we, we dipped into. I feel like maybe I learned some things. I need to go back and, and challenge myself on what I thought the program was in certain areas around a process perspective. But on some fronts, I'm still a little bit concerned that um, that we're heading towards a path of, of political controversy uh, with different agencies. But uh, I think anyone who listens to that segment will agree it was um, – it was a good conversation and gives us some, some additional details to really think about. So without further ado, uh, we will toss it to Larkin and Tark out in the field in Uptown Charlotte two weeks ago with Mayor Michael Bloomberg. But before that, we'll go in and have this conversation. Okay. I don't know what order we're doing things in, but something's going to be coming up right after this break. Right after the break, we'll decide which one comes next. All right, we are here. It is early morning on Wednesday, January 2nd, and we have just witnessed the swearing-in of District Attorney Spencer Merriweather down in the uh, City Council Chamber. He was sworn in for his full term this morning uh, after serving a little over a year to finish former District Attorney, current U.S. Attorney Andrew Murray's term. And while we were down there, we ran into a friend who we'd been wanting to get on the show, and we thought no better time than the present. So we have brought up with us the newly elected sheriff, Sheriff Gary McFadden. Welcome on to the show, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Sheriff, there's a new sheriff in town. There's a new sheriff in town. Literally, there is. And so, Sheriff McFadden is the first African-American sheriff in Mecklenburg County's history. Uh, He'll be working alongside the first African-American district attorney in Mecklenburg County's history, Spencer Merriweather. Uh, And we have an African-American chief of police with CMPD, Kerr Putney, uh, though not the first to hold that title. How do you see yourself working in conjunction with those guys, all of whom bring a lot of energy, a lot of new ideas and enthusiasm to the work of administering justice in Mecklenburg County? How do you see that working in conjunction with your priorities that you set forth in your campaign? And what were some of those? Well, I think what is great about this and unique, um, Spencer has uh, helped prosecute my homicide cases when I was in homicide. So we have a great relationship. I've known Chief Putney uh, probably since he's been in college, even before he got to uh, CMPD. And, of course, leaving CMPD under his leadership, um, I think this is great. So we are actually working um, as friends. And, you know, people always talk about partnerships, but we have a great relationship with each other. And even with the SBI in Raleigh, um, Director Schumeyer was actually one of my captains here. So um, for me, I'm in a great place. You know, you're working with friends, people that you can trust, and they know my skill levels and I know their skill levels. So I think it's great. You mentioned how you knew uh, some of those folks from before. For anybody who doesn't know your background, tell us a little bit about what it was that you did throughout your career that led you to this point of being our sheriff. 
Well, I joined Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department in 1982 and came up through the ranks. Um, and in 1990, I became a homicide detective. Larkin, what were you doing when he first joined the force? I was about to say, uh, do you know what big life uh, my marker I had in 1982? What was that? I was born. Okay. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> ter- look at this brave new world out here. That is <laughs> that is something to think about. Let, let me uh, let me for those who aren't visualizing this, a look of terror just crossed the sheriff's face there. Well, yeah, uh, you <laughs> so know, he's not as young as he looks. <laughs> I was when I was born. There was a guy. Um, as president, and his name was uh, Dwight Eisenhower. I know people don't remember him, but that was in 1960. <laughs> um, my birthday was actually January 1st, yesterday. Oh, happy uh, belated oh, birthday. That's Thank a you. terrible birthday. No, it was a great birthday. Are you uh, sure? Well, not, I mean, I'm sure it was fun, but like <laughs> well, as the date, I would think January, like everyone's tired of holidays, tired of gift giving. Like, have you really? Till, they don't wake up till noon. Have no, you missed but, out? <laughs> no, but see, you have to understand. Everybody brings my everybody to parties on my birthday. That's true. Oh, at the yeah, begin, at the very beginning. Of so it. no well, party. So yeah, you, can, you don't have to plan a party. You just go to somebody else's party and say it's your birthday right. and to become an instant party for your All birthday. Right, that's so, fair. Uh, I didn't think of it that way. You I save money. It'd be you different. Money. It, it'd be different for my group of friends. Uh, yeah. No, I'd never see anybody on my actual birthday. But I digress. Please continue. Well, so I mean. It's a unique because this year, believe it or not, for the first time, uh, I went to the Greek Orthodox Church on East Boulevard mm. and celebrated with all the Greeks uh, for the New Year's, which was phenomenal. They know huh. how to throw a party. Uh, it was a party. I was going to go speak and leave, but I spoke and stayed. So it was great. I only so, go once so the a year. year that I was born, you started with CMPD. 1982. Um worked what they call the true west side west boulevard so west boulevard bojangles wasn't even there bojangles had just started bojangles only had two stores because they were they um came to charlotte well they were discovered here in charlotte so i worked on the west side um in 1990 became a homicide detective and from 1990 to 2011 i worked in homicide so all of those years working murders and crimes here in charlotte so uh went over to the district attorney's office of course and prosecuted all my cases with them um, so we had a chance to meet uh, Spencer Merriweather and um, Chief Putney came on to um, the police department, worked his way up through the ranks. And after Chief um, Rodney Monroe, he asked me to stay also. So I stayed just to work in the community. Now, wasn't there something about a TV show sprinkled in there? Well, yeah, um, I was the actually the first African-American to have his own television show, Law Enforcement. First African-American backup, first law enforcement officer. African-American descent to have his own TV show and was called I Am Homicide. And it was just about my cases that I had while I was with CMPD. Was that on History Channel? It was on ID Discovery, ID ID Discovery Channel, which is a great, great. Larkin's been trying to get his own TV show. Do you have any advice for him? You can do it. It's a lot of work. Uh, Come up with something um, that nobody else has had like me. You don't think that they just follow me around like Ozzy Osbourne or a Kardashian or something? I, I see like the Osbournes kind of. Well, I was just you. wandering around confused for sure. All day. <laughs> yeah. I think here in Charlotte that that would work. Oh. You know, you go down through Plaza Midwood, then go on the West Side, and then go in Ballantyne. I think it would work. I would okay. work. So, so let so let's we've looked back. Let's look forward. Um, so, what what do you plan on doing? Well, after taking this wonderful job of being um, the sheriff of Mecklenburg County, um, it's a job that I never thought I would take. Uh, I didn't. You know, wake up one morning and said, I want to be a sheriff. Uh, well, actually, I did. But, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, it wasn't a childhood dream ever to right. be the sheriff. I had no idea. It's always that, been my childhood dream. Yeah. No. Nah, uh, even will go unfulfilled, but six shooters, you know. It is It is a job. It's so extreme to be the sheriff of somewhere like 200 like, like, years like ago. Like Mayberry. 
<laughs> Dodge. I'm thinking about Dodge. I want to be like Dodge, right. you know. Uh, You're coming with me, Yeah, partner. walk outside, <laughs> you know, go into the saloon and just have breakfast and then leave. Yes. You know, so it's not like well, driving in that part. <laughs> yeah. I'm already sheriff, basically. Yeah. So, so, so you're, you have... You've been in the news already a lot. I think I'm in one the news of the things all the, you, all the time. One of the things you did was you. Um, I read you you uh, reinstated uh, visits, right? Uh, during the Christmas the holiday, you know, it was my gift to uh, the incarcerated residents and citizens of Mecklenburg. I don't want to say inmate because I'm trying to move away from saying that. Um, and so thought about it and said, "Hey, let's give this a try." And, and I think I looked at the numbers yesterday. And we had uh, about 1,200 people to wow. visit um, in a short time. So I asked for the good, the bad, and it's not that much we have to tweak. So we're going to continue it. Um, I witnessed a gentleman um, seeing his two-month-old daughter for the first time. I witnessed a mother seeing her children um, after a year. Um, I witnessed a wife talking about um, what their son was doing. Um, I saw a mother uh, actually... Uh, blew a kiss to her daughter that she hasn't seen in a year. So for me, it's bringing um, a little bit of humanity back. And people ask, why did I do this? And, you know, my simple answer was I'm preparing these men and women to return to society. But uh, a phrase I like to say, I'm preparing your neighbor uh, because they're going to come out. So I'm, how do you want me to prepare your neighbor? And uh, no, that sounds crazy, but it is because these young men and women are going to come out and they could be your neighbor one day. No, and that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I, I'm not that deep in this in this topic or issue, but I would also think it's a powerful tool of rewarding good behavior. Right. It is. And then, you know, it gives them something to look forward to. And um, sitting and having these conversations with these men and women there uh, inside this facility uh, for me was great. It definitely behooves everybody in the community for us to set up the men and women in our um, in our jail and prison system for success when they come out because if they fail when they come out, that's that's a failure that impacts the entire community. It does. And, you know, we have to understand that we strip them of their dignity when they walk in our jail. You know, I, I have to learn this. When a person is convicted of a crime, yes, he's or she convicted of a crime, but we toss a pair of flip-flops and this orange jumpsuit by their feet and tell them to put that on with the words Mecklenburg County Jail on their backs. That takes away a lot of a person's dignity. And, you know, we want to try to change some of that. Uh, that that's my my goal. So so I, I, I couldn't agree more with what I've just heard you say. So let's go to another item that I think, at least from the way I understand it to date, I am in a bit of disagreement with you. But I've been in disagreement with, with folks before. I was in disagreement with Chief Putney on the, the, the validity of the Citizens Review Board having subpoena power. And then he explained his case to me and actually it made a, a lot of sense. So l let's see if, if this exists with 287G, which obviously, you know, has been something where I've seen, I've seen and heard examples of the value it provided. I understand the, um, the, 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 some of the perceived fear, maybe real fear in some cases, but definitely perceived fear and angst it creates in the community. But overall, I thought it was a good idea. Uh, you obviously have taken steps in your, both your campaign and then since being elected to move past that. And then we've seen ICE actually make some counter moves, so to speak. So uh, can you, uh, and Larkin, any and long time other? listeners of this show will remember we had your predecessor right. on 
and then immediately followed a week or two later with Chief Putney on to talk about 287G. Obviously, your predecessor, Sheriff Carmichael, talking about what he saw as the benefits, but then Chief Putney came on and talked about why he actually was in disagreement with Sheriff Carmichael and didn't believe that, uh, on the whole, this was a net benefit to the community. So That's right. Well, you know, not to get into any in-depth part about it, because we're going to come out and talk about it in depth later, it is that I don't believe in it because I can say personally – um, it did not create any trust in the community. Trust means we have people who commit crimes against people um, who's undocumented, and the undocumented residents are in fear of reporting these crimes or coming forward um, to be witnesses. We have a problem in the community already with that same issue of snitching and not. ICE has a job to do. I have a job to do. You know, Homeland Security has a job to do. I did not take anything away from them, although people believe that I did. I just asked them to bring the proper documentation, uh, bring the proper forms, and continue that. They still come to the Mecklenburg County Jail. They still can do their work. It's just that we, as the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office, is not participating in it to where we are, are doing any of the enforcement. Um, if somebody, and you have to understand, if a law enforcement agent in Mecklenburg arrests someone for DWI, I know they talk about DWI and assault on the female as the top two things, they're still going to come to Mecklenburg County Jail. They're still going to be processed. They're still going to ask those two questions about the citizenship and everything else. But at that point, then it's ICE responsibility to act upon that and bring the necessary paperwork. We didn't ban them from the jail. They still get to come. They still do their paperwork. So people have misconceptions of all what's going on. And, you know, I'm never going to speak um, against ICE. I'm never going to speak against Homeland Security because we still have to work together in this county and in the city. So we've had those conversations. They know where my stance were. It's just that you do that. And if you need our assistance, when you hear, we will provide those proper pieces of information. So, that, so that's different than what I had maybe thought and and maybe you can clarify to make sure I'm understanding you right. So what you're saying is 287G and 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 leaving that process right now doesn't prevent you from accessing the database. No, it still has so so you're still able to see who's in the jail and who you're stopping. Because the the way I had heard it portrayed was that without this information, we will we will have people either at the point of arrest or inside the jail in some kind of process. And we may not know a certain level of track record or something. And so that I'm, that's false information that I have. Yes. Okay. I, and, and, that's, and, that's, and that's, that's what and, I'm saying. And, like, and that's why we're going to come out and say what, and you know, we're not going to fight against them. I, I will never speak against another guy who carrying a badge or fight against them. It's just that, you know, media, and other people want us to fight and they want us to battle between each other. I mean, I've had threats. I've had everything. I had a guy to call me the other day and really just said what he wanted to say uh, through the Internet. And so then it's amazing how bold people get behind the keyboard. Uh -oh. it, it is unbelievable. But after we finish the conversation, he says, I see that you're a professional and I thank you because we get bits and pieces of it. You know, they still have access to all the barometrics information there. They see it. They just have to bring the necessary paperwork and act upon it. We just not involved. The sheriff's office is just not involved like we were. So, all right. So, and I, cause this is really important. I think if, if this is the case, everyone really needs to know it. So I understand the trust 
argument that's been made about 287G right. in the community. I might argue that trust and the challenge there in that community uh, it goes much deeper well, than think, 287G. Well, I think it's trust in all the community because right. here's, here's what I'm going to do. If you're scared to call the, call the police or the sheriff when something bad is happening, risking your life or your family's life, then that's a problem, right? All right? So, so no doubt about that. But I listened intently to Sheriff Carmichael when he explained the program and the database and the examples of things they were able to do. So what, what are we no longer able to do not participating in 287G? The, our deputies is just not involved like they were. They're not deputized as uh, okay. federal agents, and we just don't hand everything over to them. But you they, have all the exact same data as before. Yeah, we have all we have we have everything. And see, here's what I'm speaking from 30 six years of law enforcement experience, not somebody who's just come into this. And I'm speaking from nobody has ever contacted me. If this works so well, nobody's ever contacted me of somebody I'm looking for, for murder. I have several cases that have um, undocumented suspects, undocumented witnesses, documented witnesses, documented suspects on this same cases, but I can't get any cooperation because they are afraid. I don't think that, the citizens of Mecklenburg County have been educated on this. I think that we just kind of take it and run from it. And here's why I say this. Now, this is a this is a trick question. Does anybody know Dr. Martin Luther King's real name? I know that that's not, but. But think of how many people believe that is Dr. Martin Luther King. Now, here's another trick question. Junior? The, the, the. Uh, the greatest speech that we are ever heard from King is named what? Not I have a dream, I guess. Is it a true question? They say it's I, had, I have a dream. The speech is actually named Normacy Never Again uh. or Cancel Check. And here's why. People talk about this. Michael King Jr. That's it. Does anybody know how Martin Luther King's mother died? Larkin? No. Shot and killed inside the church that everybody visits in Atlanta to see Dr. Martin Luther King. And here's what happens. We hear it, we hear information all the time, all the time, and so then all of a sudden we believe it just because we hear it, we hear it, we hear it. So what we're going to do with the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office is actually take all this information when we have our policies and procedures solidly down about the 287G and immigration and come out and tell you what we can and we can't do and what is there and what is not there again. And if um, members of the Homeland Security want to be there at this, they're fine. They said, can we do this? Yes. Can we do this? No. Can we do this? Yes. And tell them why we can do this. Tell them why we can't do that. So I, 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 I think you're raising a really good point. It's going to make me pay more attention because I think there's two angles to this. There's the practical application and, and reality of the 287G process. And then there's the political angle. Clearly, if what you're saying is true, and I, you're the sheriff, I'm going to just absolutely assume it's true, then I didn't understand some of the things I thought I understood about the practical process. I think the political element, though, is still something that concerns me because right. people look at, I've heard this said multiple times, 287G program in itself may not be all, all of that that it's boiled up to be, but it, it it, it in essence says we are not a sanctuary city and creates some lessening of the political challenges 
that we're now maybe starting to see bubble up with ICE and others, right? I think what most people think about is the safety of their city. And, and I'm not going to risk my daughter, my sons, my grandsons, my wife, my family, who's all going to hear. I'm not going to do anything to risk the safety of my city. We look at it, what's best for it, yes, we're going to do that. We're going to enforce the law. People are still going to be arrested. If they're because, you know, we talked about the big DWI and assault on females. But then when when we look at the numbers of the arrests of these undocumented uh, people, where does the violent crime lie? DWI, assault on the female. That's all through America. So then an officer is still going to arrest that person for DWI. That person is still going to come inside Mecklenburg County Jail. And if the necessary paperwork is presented, that's what ICE is going to have to do with it. Mm. They bring their paperwork. You know, we're going to talk about this later. Like I said, don't want to get into a lot of it because yeah. we're going to get into it in the community. And I am going to allow my community engagement units to go to each and every community who wants to hear this and see this. And we're going to say, this is our policy. These are the procedures. And if mm. somebody else is there, we'll ask them, isn't that correct? Yeah. And that's what it is. We've had, I've had conversations with, um, ICE agents and also the administrator from Atlanta. Again, we have a good understanding. We don't hate each other. We talk to each other um, on a casual basis. And so what everybody's trying to do to make us fight, I'm not going to fight with, with another law enforcement agency that who's going to be here in my county, in my city. Not yeah. going to do it. So we'll, we'll, we'll appreciate you walking us through that. I think it's important on all of us in the community to really pay attention closely to this hot button issue. And you said you're coming out with some more information soon and, and really laying it out for the folks. I'll be after this conversation, be paying very close attention, especially to the angle you're talking about in the bringing of the paperwork and what, right. and what that means. Cause that se- I, I don't understand it now, but it seems to me to be an important part in the process. And then of course the, the, the political dynamics yeah. between agencies. And if we could take the politics out of it, we can always take, the politics out of it um if we can take the politics out of a lot of stuff and just say let's just look at it from uh, a human perspective a community perspective just your friend my friend perspective you know uh yeah you you can't be so far into the political era that you lose all your friends because they're republican or democrat so I Sometimes think, <laughs> it's getting if, there. If you're open to the idea, I think that um, we would love to, at some point, at your convenience, bring R and D and the QC out into the uh, under the community. Maybe come and do a tour of the jail once sure. you've got your uh, that'd be great. Everything kind of settled in and, and and running the way that you envision it running. We'd love to see that. I got right. to do that with Sheriff Bailey some years ago. A really, really educational opportunity for me then, and I'm sure a lot has changed it, in those a years. A lot has changed, and I think that people don't know what all goes on inside. You know, I'm responsible for 1,400 people every day. That's not employees. That's, okay. That, that not is not employees. That's not employees. 1,400 people is not employees. 1,400 people are someone's daughters, fathers, Mothers, sisters. In your care. In my care. So are we providing them the necessary care to continue their life? You know, some people have committed crimes, yes. Most of the people there, they're, they're, uh, with the assumption they have committed crimes. So I have to take care of these people. You know, you're talking about their health. You're talking about their welfare. You're talking about their, their mental stability. You know, imagine um, giving a person a chance just to talk to you. I have sit down, sat down with people in what they call solitary confinement. 
had great conversations with them to say, why are you here? And some of them maybe should be there, but not to the extent that you're putting somebody away for 23 hours and letting them out for one. So what are you creating? You're probably creating, exacerbating some of the things that, that got them uh, into confinement in the first place. I had a tour in Germany and um, Norway before I took this position. Uh, I had opportunity to go there and visit a maximum security prison, maximum. Mm. We have a long way to go. We have a very long way to go um, in working with our incarcerated citizens. Human dignity, stripping people of the human dignity. At one point, I asked the the person who was guiding us around, when are we going to see the people that who are incarcerated? And you know what he said? Those are the same people that you were passing, walking through the hallways. They were not dressed in orange jumpsuits with the word jail on their back. They had regular clothes. Mm. Um, Their pods were pods like we have at our facility, but each pod had their own kitchen. They actually prepared their own meals themselves. And while we're standing here in this wonderful recording studio, they have a recording studio, even though this is great, even though this is a great setup, it would put this recording studio to shame. Because what you are doing is giving a person a chance to do something different. And so if they're sitting in a cell all day being unproductive, they're going to create something in their mind. So they want to fight the guy next they're door. They're going to find something to do. Right. So are we going to start seeing some of these changes in I think in we see a rehabilitation. Here? I think you see rehabilitation and mental health. Re- true rehabilitation and mental health. A lot of my um, people who are at the jail had certificates of employment you know well certificates of completion so you take this course in carpentry and you got all these certificates so you go from you know master woodmanship or whatever you have all these certificates but when he walks out of that door he doesn't have a job when people don't realize what an asset a unique asset we have in our jail system with the school that we have there we're we're one of few schools probably in in the nation that has a high school a full in this inside the jail inside the jail a full blown high school mm. and you know some people mention it we're going to have now we have a barber school inside the jail well inside the detention center trying to get away from these harsh words mm. detention center so we have a a barber school there and we're going to put that up and running so then we're going to ask the barbers from you know from my um working in the community we have this thing called cops and barbers mm-hmm. so then we're going to um, connect with all the barbers in the community and try to filter our uh, young men and women straight to jobs. And so it's, these are the things we need to do instead of saying they have a certificate and then you finish your you finish your uh, term or you finish your sentence, then Good we luck. put you on the street. Good luck. Yeah. So then you're setting, you're setting them up for failure. But I'm trying to create, create, a create a pipeline and have somebody to write. My task this year is to have a job fair inside Mecklenburg County Detention Center, a job fair. So the employers knowing where they're going to start. I'm a big fan of alliteration when we try to, to market some of these efforts. I've got a couple that just popped into my mind. You oh, can steal them go. if you want. Oh, it's terrible. Jail I'll to, take them. Jail to jobs pipeline. Yes, sir. Or a prison to professions pipeline. That's it. Those are pretty good. It's okay. It's good. It's Art a start. never gives me credit for anything. It's, it's a start. <sighs> so but I mean, think about this. A guy, think about if, if, if an employer comes in and hires someone inside the detention center. What do you think that conversation is going to be with his loved ones the next time he comes to visit? Mm -hmm. Honey, I got a job. Honey, I got a job. Excited and motivated. Right. 
And here's what I told him. Orientation can be inside my facility too because you know what happens? If you take a week of orientation, you kind of get paid for it, right? So if you are there and the day that you walk out of the, the detention center and you got a week's worth of pay, you may not go out here and try to commit a crime because you're on your foot, you're back on your feet, and then you take one foot forward, you might even get a bus. Do pass. you think weed should be legal? I can't even speak on that. Sidestep. Well, no, I'm. Just, he's I, I thinking of. He's talking about big, bar. different, no. changing no. ideas. I'm just curious. I don't really have it's, a full position his, on it. Not it's not your area, but I'm saying you see 1,400 people in, in your, that you're responsible for every day. Would you? Would there be a lot less if I, there was I, a magic wand that made things I, like that? I don't illegal? think the wand weed would work. I, I don't. I don't believe. I don't. I don't. Are there people incarcerated that you don't think should be incarcerated? Maybe that's a more yes. general question yes. to ask. Yes. I think there's there are several people that if there are pretrial waiting for trial to something, we, we could do something with them. Mm. Even when people get um, convicted of, of small crimes and have to do some time, you know, why don't bring back work release? Uh, uh, something I saw. And that's where that partnership with the district attorney's office. Uh, right. Be. Imagine this. Um, in Germany, every car is every nine cars is a Mercedes Benz. Imagine having a repair shop, Mercedes Benz inside of a prison that you repair cars. So once you get your your brakes fixed on your your E Class three fifty, uh, they pay you, they pay me. Um, you take part of that money, put it in my account. Part of that money goes in your account. But then you can also put money in your family's account, who is outside the prison. So you're actually supporting your family even while you in detention. These are things that we need to move towards to help. So if I'm just in jail or in prison or in the detention center, just there every day, not making any money. But if I can make some money where I can kind of support myself inside, but also to help my family outside, I think it's, it's a win-win. Got some big ideas there. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Uh, feel free to leave us with any closing thoughts. And anytime you've got something big going on and we can help get the word out, please feel free to reach out. We'd love to have you on the show anytime. Any closing thoughts as we uh, as we wrap up? Just support me. Look for me. And uh, as they say, we are here. Beautiful. Sounds good. Well, thank you for coming on R&D and the QC. We'll look forward to having you back on soon. And uh, congrats on a month into the job now. And, uh, There's all, a new and sheriff I appreciate, in town. I read recently, you're doing the job for free. Well, I was eight cents. I I, I I did it for a couple of weeks for eight cents. There but, was a, some uh, sort of a clerical error. You well, didn't was, get a paycheck. Uh, it was something like that. But I'm <laughs> so happy. You are to getting say paid now. It, I'm happy to say we resolved it very quickly. Okay. It's resolved. It's not an issue. Um, we're I just, good. I just thought you just wanted to to donate all your salary back to the county. Well, I was going to work. I was going to work regardless because I, I I made it. Uh, got a job to do. I love this job. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, um, it's one of the greatest jobs I ever had. In my life, um, I'm the people sheriff. You know, not one group or not one side. Um, I had people voted for me that I didn't believe that would vote for anybody. Uh, and that makes me feel good. And I've talked to a lot of people who invited me in. And uh, we opened the doors for suggestions. You know, we don't know everything. So we, we're here. And if somebody believed that I could help them in the community, call me out. and We can sit down. I'm not that sheriff that is so far that you have to call 25 people to get me. You know, you can reach out and we'll be there well we appreciate you joining us partner well i do too i'm going to saddle up my horse and ride <laughs> back a don't, here. don't play in his, <laughs> yes don't play in his little fantasies you know it's, it's something to be the sheriff of a town yeah. but then to, uh, 
you know, you have a sheriff of a million people, man. That's yeah. like no, no horses and no saloon. horses. You know, Shaquille O'Neal's greatest dream is to become a sheriff. Well, he's like a deputized you know something right. down in Arizona or somewhere. Oh, this That's, is power to wear the star now. It's yeah. powerful, but it's good. It's good, but it's a lot of responsibility <laughs> right, right, too. Right. <laughs> all right, so that we can leave Tark some time to find some uh, some, some sound, sound bites over here. To weave into this. Oh, we will God. wrap it up, but we appreciate you coming on. Appreciate the work yes, you're sir. doing, and uh, thank look you, forward sir. to talking to you again soon. We'll thank be you right all. back. Uh, Mayor Bloomberg, welcome to the show. Uh, Larkin and I are pleased to have you. We're so excited you're in Charlotte. Larkin, why don't you have one question? Yeah, first we just want to tee you up to talk about what you're doing here in Charlotte. You just had coffee with Mayor Lyles. We're headed over to the UNC Charlotte Uptown Campus to make an announcement. Tell folks what you're here in Charlotte to do today. Well, I gave the commencement speech at UNC about five years ago, and I came back now to see whether all those kids that were outside saying they were starting when they graduated and how those that listened to my great words of wisdom uh, and told them exactly what to do, what they're gonna, what's going to happen there. Seriously, um, <laughs> it, it, look, it, Charlotte is a, is a great city. It's got a lot of financial business. Uh, I have a lot of friends that used to work here. I have a lot of friends who used to went to UNC. They have a phenomenal mayor. <laughs> Hopefully, I think uh, the microphone un- picked great. up the mayor's uh, plug yeah. for that. Raiders understating. <laughs> One more question for you, uh, Mayor Bloomberg. Uh, welcome to the show, of course. Some might call you uh, the god, one of the godfathers of fintech with the Bloomberg terminal and everything like that. Uh, when you look at the landscape today of fintech with Robin Hood and all the things that are going on out there, you know what, what's your gut reaction to what you're seeing and where you think it goes? I, I think the key to our civilization is education, key to America's education. We need to have better education for our kids because the world is becoming more technical and those people that have a good education have a future and those that don't have a very limited future. So that's where we've got to focus. Mayor Michael Bloomberg, Larkin, any final words? Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and schedule the mayor to come back onto the podcast in I don't know 2020 in case there's anything he wants to talk about as yeah. it relates to elections that might be going. Any special announcements to t- to end this episode, sir? I'll get back to you. Excellent. Oh, Mayor, we appreciate you being down here in Charlotte with us, and look forward to this presentation we're about to have. Thank you very much.